Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Broken Banquet, a podcast about missions. We are your hosts, Will Bailey and Dr. Ashley Goad, and we are so glad that you have joined us for another conversation about the church and missions, about what healthy mission relationships can look like, and as we hear from others who have dedicated their lives in one way or another to mission work. We're so glad you're here, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Will. How are you? I am so excited. How are you? I'm fine. It sounds like you're excited. What's up? You got a big trip coming up or something? I've got a big, big trip coming up, and you happen to be going on a trip at the same time. To the same place. To the same place. Oh, I'm so excited. Where are we going? The Holy Land. We are going to the Holy Land again. Again. I leave a week from today. When do you leave? Uh, two days after you. Okay. Um, so, yeah. We're going we're gonna to overlap. We're going to overlap in the Holy Land. Oh, we could not you have done this better. I got to say... The first time I was invited to go to the Holy Land, it wasn't something that was like on a bucket list. I hadn't given it a whole lot of thought. One of the churches that works with us in Costa Rica invited me to go with them. They actually invited Yolanda and I both to go with them, but I think Isabella was two. So I went to the Holy Land and kind of thought this will be like, this is my shot. This is, I need to go now because, you know, I need to take advantage of this opportunity. Never would I have imagined that I'm getting ready for my third trip to the Holy Land with really high hopes of continuing to go. I know there's some people who they go once and they enjoy it and that's it. They went and I am not one of those people. (laughs) There's just something about it that I really hope I can continue to make that pilgrimage over and over and over again for the rest of my life. Well, the first time I went was with my church here at First Methodist, and Stefania came with me, and it we had been planning the trip for a while. Well, she ended up getting engaged and getting married, so we were kind of on her honeymoon without her husband. And then the second trip was not even a month after I got married, so we were again in Israel with you know 30 people on my honeymoon. <laughs> So this time I'm looking forward to going and it not being right after a a big occasion. Nobody's Mm -hmm. honeymoon. I just get to enjoy it. But what I do, what I am excited about is so many of our friends, our missionaries that we get to, that have been on the podcast are going to be on this trip with us. Yes, that is going to be super cool. The, the Nate Hutchison is going to be there. Stefania and Dragos are going to be there. Jessica is going to be there. John Woodward is going to be there. Um, we haven't talked to uh, Eager and Olga yet, but eventually they will be on this podcast and they're going to be there. So it's going to, it's going to be like not just a First Methodist Church Shreveport Global Mission Partners reunion, but it's also going to kind of be a broken banquet reunion. It really will be. So hopefully we can have a good recording of all of us in the room together and have a future episode. That would be amazing. Amazing. Good job, Will. Very good. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning. Well, Ashley, uh, today we just mentioned her, uh, Jessica Weaver, who's going to be with us in the Holy Land. And we got a chance to talk to her a month or so ago about the work that she does in not, she's based out of the Czech Republic, but she's all over Europe. And of course, the running joke with Jessica is that she's actually a, a CIA agent because we're, <laughs> she never sometimes can't give us specific information about where she actually is, which sort of causes some doubts about you know what exactly she's doing there. But, you know, we believe her. Double O, Jessica. So here's one of the things that, that I've been thinking about since we recorded this interview, Ashley, is how... A lot of times the the situation that missionaries and missionary families find themselves in wherever they're serving is that there's a community around them there. It may not be the community that they're from, but there is a community that they become a part of. I know that's true for us. It's been true for the other people that we've interviewed on this podcast. Um, so there's, you know, you're worshiping in that community and you're you know, shopping and you're getting to know people in the community and you're part of the community. But that's not 
always the case. And because of the kind of work that Jessica does, and because she's constantly on the move, she isn't really tied to a specific community, but she also is. She's tied to your church and and your community. And I think it's clear during this interview how important that is to her. Um, Well, and something we've spoken about too is that one size doesn't fit all. So my relationship, our church's relationship with all of the different partners that we have, each one is unique into itself. And our relationship with Jessica is so wonderful. You know, her mom and her stepdad are here at our church, and that's how we originally were introduced to each other. And Jessica and I and our global mission committee have formed such a bond that I feel like we never end a conversation, that we just continuously keep the flow going. So from day to day, I I talk to Jessica as much as I do any of our other partners, if not more of it's just a a constant, hey, how's it going? What Netflix movie did you watch today? Who did you talk to? What country might you be in today? And so for us to be able to be her supportive community, we take that very seriously so that we can continuously and constantly encourage her, support her, and be that community for her since she is traveling so much and since she is everywhere. Yeah. Well, I also want to acknowledge before we get into the interview, you know, one of the coolest things that I think you and I have experienced through doing this podcast is getting to talk to people all over the world. Um, That's also one of the most challenging things about doing this podcast because we're dealing with different kinds of internet connections and different kinds of recording devices. And sometimes the audio quality isn't quite what my sort of OCD tendencies would like for it to be. You're going to hear some some clicking sort of sounds during this interview. It might be because I'm in Costa Rica. It might be because Jessica's in the Czech Republic. It might be just because it was a bad day on the internet. I hope our listeners will be will be patient and just sort of be able to hear through that and really be blessed by what Jessica's going to share with us. Yeah, that's exactly right, Will. Snap, crackle, pop a couple of times and It was just too good to re-record. We had to keep it as it was. Yeah. So friends, without further ado, Jessica Weaver. What you got, Ashley? Go for it. Let her rip. I can't stand it when people say that they're going to do something and they don't do it. Well, that's reasonable. And I also heard this from me before. I can't stand it also when how many times have I had the conversation and you said you're going to do it and you still don't do it. And Mm. then, oh, I just assumed that you were going to do it. How in the world did you assume this after the five million conversations that we've had? You can keep going. I'm good. Yeah. Are you done? Okay. Get it out there, huh? All right. Deep breath. You want to count to 10? Welcome to the Broken Banquet Podcast, Jessica. We're so glad you're here today. (laughs) Thanks, Ashley. How are you, Jessica? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'll go first. I'm fine. Ashley's still getting normal color back in her face. So Right, right. Deep breaths. <sighs> yes, yes, indeed. Happy birthday, Will. Again, yes, happy birthday. thanks. This is going to be really confusing now when people listen to these episodes on different days and it's my birthday for like, you know, right. three episodes in right. a row. <clears throat> well, that's the nature of podcasting. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Chronology really doesn't matter. It's content that we're after. And we've got some really good content. We think so. According to our like five people who've listened. Five. Be real. I rated it. I rated it. So there you go. I sent a review. Thank you. 
That's why we called you to be on it. Anybody who listens and rates it, we automatically, they get an interview request from us to please be on our podcast. So thank you. Might be someone we're interested in. Yeah. That's not true at all. We're really, we're grateful that you were willing to be a part of this with us. And it's just been so much fun to get to have these conversations with all of these different people that we love and, and are connected to and, giving them a chance to, to tell their stories and what their journeys into the mission field. And then while being in the mission field has, has looked like, and um, there's some really interesting themes that I think have sort of started to reoccur that I hope are giving people things to, to think about and to talk about and, and maybe challenging a little bit the way that, that missions was, was being thought about. So Thank you for being a part of this project with us. Yeah, thank you for asking me. Ashley, you want to introduce Jessica to everybody? Yes, I do. So I first met Jessica. Again, I like to tell the story. How did I first meet someone? This is how our podcast episodes usually start, Jessica, is with Ashley (laughs) saying, so I first met you when, so here we go. I first met Jessica when her mom, Nina, came up to me at church and said, you have got to meet my daughter. And I said, I would love to meet your daughter. And uh, Nina started telling me about uh, what everything that Jessica has done over the course of her life and what has led her to teach beyond. And and she lives in Prague, Czech Republic. And uh, I don't Jessica, I honestly don't remember if we met for the first time here at the church. We we would have had to have met here first before I came to visit you for the first time in Prague, right? Yeah, I think we went out to eat sushi first. There you have it. It's food. It's always about food with Ashley. If you eat food with Ashley the first time you meet her, then you are you are bound to her in friendship for life. Right. We were on... Um on the Red River on the boardwalk and went to that sushi place over there by the Bass Pro Shop. And yeah, I guess that's where it all started. That's where it all started in this lovely city of Bossier City. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I sure am glad that God put us on that same path, Jessica. And and one of the things that's different um, about our relationship with you versus our relationship with, with just about anyone else is that you have roots in this area and that you, you through your mom have roots at this church. And, and I've loved that we've been able to come alongside you as ascending church for a lack of a better word, or, or at least a home church. Um, and that's meant a lot to me uh, because we don't have that relationship with any of our other uh, global mission partners. So we have that special connection with you um, as you're one of our own. And we try to uh, continuously send and support you as you go. Yeah, I definitely think of you guys as my sending church because of the uh, just the richness of the relationships I have there. I grew up an hour away from Shreveport in Texarkana, Texas, grew up in the United Methodist Church, and um, I wasn't a member of First Church Shreveport, but my mom is, and um, so that's how I was really introduced to, to you and um, just the wonderful people there. I used to just go to Shreveport to visit my mom. That was it. But now when I go, I I have all these friends and uh, just lovely people I get to hang out with and just share life with. So that's great. I think one of the things that I want to ask you, well, first, first, we need to find out more about you. First, we need to, we need to know more, more of Jessica's story. So why don't you give us a, a, a little snippet of life and then talk to us about your current role at Teach Beyond? Well, uh, currently, a snippet of life is a lot of airports. <laughs> I just got back from a city in Central Asia. Uh, it's one of our um, schools that's in a creative access area, so I won't say what country, but uh, I was visiting a school there. And um, I just got back a few days ago, and then I'm getting on a plane on Monday and going to Bucharest. I'll be seeing Stefania, another one of our um, wonderful people that we hang out with quite often. So, um, and that is for work for Teach Beyond. So I do a lot of travel visiting, visiting schools. Yeah. So I guess why I do all that is I'm the Europe regional director for Teach Beyond. Uh, We're about transformational education. We work with missionary kids schools, third country, third culture kids schools, 
but we also work with national schools and we believe that God is using education to transform lives. And there's a lot of facets to it. We're not just um, international Christian schools. We have a lot of, it looks different in different places. We do English camps. We do all kinds of um, ministry opportunities. We're currently working with refugees from Ukraine. Like there's a lot of things going on. Basically, my job is to take care of all of our people and projects in Europe and Eurasia. So um, at the moment, that's about 17 or 18 countries. It is kind of far reaching over the continent. So yeah, that's why my snippet of life looks like an airport right now. <laughs> we we do often refer to you, or Nate Hutchison, one of our other friends, he will often say, I'm pretty sure that she's in the CIA or FBI. And, um, yeah, and just me not being able to disclose where I went probably helps that theory. <laughs> well, I think that how I would describe your job, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, and we talked with, Will and I talked with another fellow named uh, Patrick Marunga uh, not too long ago, and he is in Kenya, and he calls himself a pastor to pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I would refer to you as that as, that as well, um, that you are a pastor to teachers. You are a pastor to the missionaries that are serving in all of these schools. You're a pastor to the teachers that are teaching in all of these schools. So as you are going around to the different schools, uh, to the different countries and traveling nonstop, that you are doing that to encourage and support those who are serving with Teach Beyond. That's true. And then we also have some schools, we partner with many schools, but we also have some schools that um, we call our Teach Beyond family schools, which means we own and operate them or we have adopted them into our family. And um, so those I have a a little bit different relationship because it's not just members who are teachers. It's usually administrators who are working with the board of the school or the board of even um, our entity in that country. And I have my hands in, in all of those facets, but I think like this, this most recent trip that I went on, a lot of what I did is sit with the head of school and um, just help her through some things and support her and encourage her and make, let her know that she's on the right path. And I did a little, I did some professional development with the teachers and just spent time with them. Like, like you've said many times, I feel like a big part of my job is just the ministry of presence. I just go and be with them, listen to them, see how I can help and support them. And if I'm not the right person, I can direct them to who can give them the help they need. I mean, and I have members just emailing me about like, how do I do this one thing through like really that our HR department in charge of. I'm like, Oh, this is how you do it. Or you talk to this person, you know, like there's a lot of times I'm connecting people and a lot of times I'm putting out fires. I feel like those are the two main hats I wear. (laughs) So, So in essence, I think one of the things we've talked about so much on this podcast is what is partnership? What is partnership? And so let's talk about it in two different ways. So let's talk about it, you as a partner with all of these teachers and pastors, and then we'll come back to what does it look like for a local church uh, to be partnering with you specifically. So can you talk Mm -hmm. about those two things? Yeah. Well, I want to kind of back up a little bit. Uh, Partnership is one of our values. And we have four guiding values when they spell out the word help, if that helps anyone, humility, excellence, love, and partnership. And the thing is, we couldn't do what we do without partnership. And I feel like that is a a big part of what my job is, is to walk alongside with these schools, with um, these boards, these administrators, and also the teachers and staff. Um, to let them they're not let them know that they are not alone in their job, that uh, there are people who care about them, not about what they do, but about who they are, and that we uh, want to see transformation in their lives too, not just the lives that they're in charge of. And uh, we have this saying that transformed people transform people, and we want to be part of that transformation. We want to be part of the individual transformation of our members, as well as the students and learners of a school, but also the community. We want that to cascade out. And so I feel like that's a big part of what partnership is. We also want to see our schools partner with their local churches. 
and doing ministry um, in their context and what that looks like for them and outreach there. So it is more than just kids learning algebra, you know, so um, it really is. And we care holistically about um, everyone involved in, the, in this environment, not just the students coming in, but everyone involved. And um, to answer your second question about um, how local churches can partner with me specifically is, um, or how that affects me is, it is, I'll just kind of talk personally about how I feel when I open up my mailbox and there are two cards sitting there from some members of your church, you know, and, and it makes me realize that I'm not doing this ministry alone. This is not just what I'm doing, that these people are back in Shreveport praying for me, holding up my hands like Miriam and Aaron or holding up Moses' hands. I know that I'm not alone. And um, that means more to me than anything else, really and truly. I, I had a, um, a medical issue a couple of years back, and I happened to be in Shreveport when it happened. And that church just came around me and loved me and took care of me. And they didn't do it just because of my mom, you know, <laughs> so, you know, and that was, it was um, humbling, but it was so touching and it has enriched my life so much because I have been on the field for 12 years. Um, this time around, there was another time that I was on the field for about three and I would ha had not been associated with uh, First Church Report that whole time. And I can tell a difference. I can tell a difference in my life. I can tell a difference in, in how I interact with others and how I, I feel supported. I feel the, the prayers. And I don't even know how if I can put it into any more words than that. It's just, um, it's just an amazing experience. Jessica, how long have you been in Prague? I've been in Prague for 12 years. I just In August, I've just uh, celebrated 12 years. And um, I was um, in another town in the Czech Republic for three years before that. Um, but there was, there was a space of, a, of amount of time. So I taught in another town in the Czech Republic for three years. I came back to the state. That's the coldest place on earth. Yeah, you did go in the winter when it was very cold. It snowed the whole day. Like, it was crazy cold. That was my life for three years. <laughs> so, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, and I had to walk everywhere, so it was crazy. And this girl from Texas, I didn't even have a coat, like, when I first moved there. It was just crazy. But um, so I taught English there at a, a Czech high school um, for three years with a different ministry. And um, then I came back to the States for about four years. And then um, I moved back to Prague in 2010 and have been here. Um, I originally moved back with, with the same ministry that I taught with. Um, that ministry kind of folded uh, because of financial reasons in 2014. And Teach Me On basically wrote a job description, created a job for me to kind of pilot the same program I had been operating or overseeing for this other ministry. Okay. So I don't know if you really moved to the Czech Republic without a coat. Um, but, but even if that was just a joke, it makes me wonder about preparation. We've talked about preparation with other missionaries. What was that process like for you of preparing to go or to be sent into a, a community and then how much of that preparation was actually helpful and relevant? How much of, of it really was just you sort of adapting once you got there? Can you talk a little bit about sort of what that process was like? Yeah, for you? gosh, and that was so long ago. But to clarify, I really did not have a coat. I had a jacket. I was from Texas. <laughs> I didn't need, like, I just really, but I knew that I was going to buy a coat when I got there. But I figured I'll buy it when I get there instead of um, taking a valuable packing space. I see. <laughs> But um, I didn't have a coat. I didn't have boots. So like I, I remedied those pretty quickly. Kind of preparing. So the organization I was with before, we had a four-week training before we went on, on the field. And it was four weeks because uh, we were preparing for the places we were going, but we were also getting an English a certificate to teach English as a foreign language at the same time. So there was a bit of study and then also learning. I think I was prepared somewhat. 
I don't know if you could ever be fully prepared. I think people could tell you things till they're blue in the face and you just won't get it until you experience it. But the town that I moved to, only four of us Americans moved to this town and no one from our organization had ever been there before. Oh, we wow. Were the first ones. And we were the first Americans in this town. And so um, we definitely were <laughs> not prepared because gracious. no one knew what to expect. And so, yeah, it was a bit of a pioneering kind of thing. And I mean, there was a lot of aspects because I was also learning teaching too for the first time. So I had to, to kind of navigate a class, you know, running a classroom, but also living in a new culture. So there were some things that I, I did understand quite or quickly, and um, they did prepare me for certain situations, but there were some things I just did not understand until I lived them. And even even just teaching British English instead of American English, huge difference. I learned quickly that some words do not mean the same thing in British English that they do in American English. I won't I won't share my stories here because some of them are not appropriate. <laughs> we like those. <laughs> oh gosh. I think really like in going in moving to the Czech Republic the first time and really that first year, it was a lot about learning about myself, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. And um really relying on God in ways that I have never I had never had to before. And um I found myself in a place where I was lonely for the first time in my life. I'm one of those people who loves to be by themselves and can entertain themselves and just I, I'm an introvert and I and I really enjoy it but I was in this place where I knew nothing I didn't understand the people around me I didn't understand how to buy vegetables in the grocery store I mean I I you know I would get yelled at because I didn't speak Czech I did have a, a teammate and we shared a, a flat and uh, she worked in the next town over it was about a 30 minute train ride and she would stay very late um, at her school. And uh, I found myself just alone all the time, even though there were two other Americans, but I was just lonely. And I even said to my my roommate at the time, I was like, I am really lonely. I, can, can we come up with some ways where at least there's some days you can home early or whatever. And the very next day she came home even later than she ever had before. And I just realized, okay, it's just me and God. You know, <laughs> and, I mean, I just realized I can't count on her and I can't, I can't put my happiness on someone else. I have to really focus on God and God met me. I'll be honest. Like, but I, I spent a lot of time in the afternoon just sitting with God saying, okay, God, what are, what are we going to do this afternoon? Because I just, I was at a loss and I had never, I mean, it, it gets dark early here. Um, and after daylight saving times ends, it starts getting dark around four. And then in the good part of winter, it's dark by three and stays dark until eight in the morning, the next morning. So it would get dark and there would not be anything to do. And it was a very small town. So yeah, I, I spent a lot of time with God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange for me sometimes to talk to people about uh, loneliness for, for me and for us as a family, because I mean, we're surrounded by people all the time. We're in, we're in the midst of a ministry where stuff is happening seven days a week, all day long. Uh, for a good part of the year, we've got you know, volunteer teams that are cycling through. And so it's, you know, from anywhere from 10 to 60 people here at a time. And so we're just, there's people around. And, but in spite of that, this can be very, very lonely, which I, I hope will sort of reinforce for people how important these kinds of relationships that we're talking about building between churches and missionaries and missionaries and their communities, how important that is. Because, I mean, how I, I don't want to try and, and sort of put words in your mouth, but I'm just imagining as you were talking about that sort of season in your life, compared to the season you're in now where you're getting those letters in the mailbox, where you're having monthly Zoom calls with other missionary families around the world and, and hopefully feeling like you're part of, of a community. I mean, to me, those seem like pretty drastic extremes of what missionary life can, 
can feel like. Am I reading too much into that? Or, or I mean, no. do you feel like a big, a big part of what makes one of those things different from the other is the fact that there are churches and people who have said, we will be with you. We don't have to be doing anything, but we'll be with you. Right. And I feel like I can be my real self. And even on bad days when I ugly cry or whatever, I feel like I can do it with, with this group of people. And um, even though they don't understand my exact context, they've been where I have been. And they we're all trying in our own way to do the same thing. And that's bring God's love to, to other people. But I also feel God's love through them. And so that and I think it's really important. And I'm grateful now that I know that sounds weird, but I'm grateful that I had that time um, when I was so lonely because it really showed me my dependence on God and that I couldn't depend on anyone but him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was something I've ever been basically been forced to learn, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. And Ashley, maybe this is a good time to, I hadn't really thought about talking about this today, but, but maybe this is a good time to do it. You know, we've already on, on previous episodes mentioned with several of the people we've talked to their connection to First Church Report. And we've even mentioned a couple of times the, the retreat that we, we went on this summer, but I don't think we've really explained for people kind of what that what that whole thing looks like. And, and basically, instead of just focusing on relationships between your local church and these different missionaries and missionary families around the world, you guys have also, as a part of that, facilitated relationships between all of these different missionary families and created a, a community there. So these people that some of whom we're interviewing for this podcast, these aren't just people that I know Ashley's church is also connected to because we have that with some other churches. There are other partner churches of ours who we know support other missionaries around the world, but I don't know who any of those people are. And in this case, you guys decided, hey, here's a bunch of people we love. We're committed to being in relationships with them, and and we love the things that they're doing. Let's get them all in a room together so that they can get to know one another and and also fall in love with one another. It's been such a joy for my family to to be connected to these other missionary families and individual missionaries around the world, which it, you know it all comes back to these relationships. We don't love these people because of the things that we're going to go and do with them wherever they are. We love them because we're just being present with one another and supporting one another and learning from one another and learning about one another. You don't have to raise your hand, Ashley. You're the co-host of this podcast. (laughs) Well, I just, I hate interrupting people. It's one of it's another pet peeve of mine other than people saying that they're going to do stuff and not doing it. Anyway, um, but but here's the reason. I want to give reason to this. I told you that in 2013, that's when I came to First Methodist Shreveport. And that's when we really went on our journey to figure out what partnership is, what that looks like between the local church and people serving all over the world. Um, what does that mean for us specifically as a church? How do we connect into that? And once we did that, once we had so many of these relationships in place with the Baileys and with Jessica and with the Haitians and with the Fatives in Russia, with the Branhams, with the Hutchisons, with with Stefania, with the Boons, once we had those relationships in place and once we started visiting as often as we did, one thing was very clear, and that was how lonely and isolated missionaries, global mission partners, whatever you all want to call yourselves, are. And that came across in conversations that I had in San Isidro, in Prague, in Bucharest, in Ekaterinburg, in Jinja, wherever I was, it was clear. And then it also became clear as you all came and sat at my table, my dining room table at my house, when we would have our global mission team meetings, which are really just parties, But when we got down to the nitty gritty of it, (laughs) to start saying, how is it with your soul? 
Like, don't tell us what you're doing. Like, I'm glad that you guys are out there doing great things. But how are you? How is it with your soul? It became very clear again how isolated you sometimes feel, how lonely that serving can be, no matter what the context is, no matter if you're indigenous to that culture, indigenous to that country, or not. If you're an American going into another context, whatever the case was, those were two things that became very clear. And our global mission team chairperson, her name is Kay, she was the one that kept hearing it over and over, and her heart was broken. And that is who sent us on this journey of these are people that we love and they need to know each other. And then on the flip side of that, Will, I think it was you that told me, I'm really sick of you talking about other missionaries while you're here with us. <laughs> I, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I'm really, I, I don't care about what Stefania is feeling or I don't care what this, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing about these other people. And that's when it hit me. You all need to know each other. So every time I was with one of you, something, another characteristic would come up and be like, oh, Jessica, you need to meet Rob. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to love each other. And that was the second reason of it broke Kay's heart to continue hearing how isolated and how lonely you all were. Can I just clarify just <laughs> just for a second? So, okay. So I hope the way that conversation went was, Ashley, I am so sick of hearing about these other people. Can I meet them, please, oh, sure. so that, that I know it. who they are and what they're up to? I'm sure that was it. I mean, it's either that or I'm just a complete jerk. Um, <laughs> it's one, one or the other. Um, I won't tell. Yeah. Secret, the secret's out. Happy birthday. Right. So, Jessica, I mean, can you can you share a little bit about what it's meant to you, you, you move around a lot. You, you aren't in the kind of a, a position vocationally where you're in, uh, you know, a local church every day surrounded by the same people, or you're not in a school every day surrounded by the same people. Uh, you are on the move all the time. So what does it mean? What's it meant to you, not just to be connected to Ashley's church, but also to start building these relations, these consistent relationships with these other missionary families on the other side of the planet? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a typical worker where I like stay in one place and build all these relationships and work. I mean, I did that at one point in my life, but um, it's very different now. The I have thoroughly enjoyed going to visit some of our missions partners where they live, where they work. Ashley has taken me several places to visit others like Stefania and in Romania. And I've gone to Uganda and have sat in the Boone's home in Jinja. And, you know, I've met Will on a, on a different trip. Um, the first time I met him was in Israel. So it, it's been lovely to, to meet everyone and to interact. And then our time in Italy was just amazing. And I think it, it sounds so cliche, but it was a little bit like heaven in a lot of ways. We were able to just be together. We were able to share our hopes, share how some of those hopes have been crushed, <laughs> share some heartaches and um, the things that are hard, but also share what is good and um, how our lives our lives are being changed. So that has meant a lot to me to know that there are others out there that who might not be in the same ministry as me. In fact, it's even better that they're not. I feel like I can talk freely about things and to really uh, just, it's kind of like iron sharpens iron, you know, like we are really in the trenches together. I feel like even though we're not in the same location. Well, I was going to say, and I think this is why your role, Jessica, in what you are living in as the pastor to teachers, as the pastor to missionaries, why it is so vital for all of those that are serving out in the field so that it can be an encouragement to them and they do know that they're not alone in this. I've heard Caroline say many times already how she's so thankful for you, um, even more so than us, because she feels like she has that connection with you to be able to Whatever question she has, whatever concern she has, whatever silly question she has, she knows she has a safe place in you. Um, 
Do you want to tell people who she is? Right. So Caroline is another uh, member of our church here at First United Methodist Church. And one day we'll have to talk to her after she's you know, had a little little time under her belt of service, but she felt the call to use her teaching degree outside of America. And she wanted to work with Teach Beyond because she had met Jessica Weaver here at our church before. And so she felt an automatic connection. And then through that, she decided she wanted to work in Romania at Bucharest Christian Academy, which is where Stefania is the executive director. So Caroline, who grew up in Shreveport, who has attended First United Methodist Church since she was born, is now serving with Jessica, one of our mission partners, and with Stefania, one of our global mission partners in Europe. So uh, it's been a really exciting thing to see a member of our church get so excited about the relationships that we have formed as a church and that being part of her calling to serve God uh, with you. That should be just as exciting and fulfilling and life-giving in a local church, realizing that we raised up this young person and cultivated these kinds of relationships in such a way that the, the life choices that she is making as a young adult are in this direction of, of service and Christian service to me, I mean, gosh, people should get just as pumped up about that as they do about, you know, a a youth group that comes down here to work with us and goes home with pictures of a new church that we just built. I mean, that's get excited about that too. But I think hopefully people see the value in both, right. And how the good things about both of those scenarios if they're done rightly, are born out of healthy relationships. So you have this young person who has seen and heard about a life as a missionary in Europe um, in a teaching context, and that makes just as much sense to them when they start feeling drawn in that direction as you do you know, young people who have grown up seeing volunteer teams being sent out from their church in partnership with some missionary or organization around the world and, and being a part of the way that churches are growing in their communities. Because if we're doing what we call missions and those things aren't happening, like we're not changing the way young people think, uh, we're not influencing or informing the decisions that they're making about the kinds of people they want to be when they grow up, then what are we doing? So I think it's easy for churches to get excited about the sort of tangible, um, flashy productivity, you know, the things that kind of fit that mold. But my gosh, when I hear about a young person who's decided maybe to go to seminary or who's decided to go into the Peace Corps or who's decided to go to Romania and teach in a Christian school because of what they've been taught about faithful friendship and partnership and companionship and relationship by their church. That's just, that's good. That's good. Do you know what I mean? Preach it, Will. Are we done? Yeah. <laughs> I did have one thing I wanted to say about just because I deal, I work a lot with leaders in our organization with team leads and national directors and heads of school. And those who've been talking about loneliness, and I've just been thinking about how their jobs are very lonely. And also for me, like, I can't, it's not appropriate for me to go to Caroline and tell her all of my issues and what, you know, all those things. It's not appropriate for me to go to just, to our teachers or some, I mean, my peers, they have their own things going through and I should be supporting them, not the other way around. And I have that in this group, you know, this, the global missions partner, I can go to them and unburden myself and know that I'm on the same ground with them in the same setting. And I, I, you know, a lot of times we hear it's lonely at the top. Well, it can be, but I don't feel that way if that makes sense. Yeah, thank you for bringing us back to something relevant, by the way. <laughs> we tend to go off on tangents, chase rabbits, squirrels, all those things. I know nothing about that. <laughs> uh, Jessica, what are some of the challenging things in your ministry? Wow. I live in a place where building relationships is difficult. So there is that. 
people tend to not trust outsiders. And we have a saying that it's kind of like plowing concrete here to make lasting relationships. But the thing is, once you get past that, that barrier, that initial barrier, people can tend to be friends for life and uh, are very like with you no matter what. But because I am not ministering in this context anymore, um, I'm finding some, a lot of those relationships are kind of dwindling. And so that can be challenging because I feel like I am losing a bit of connection to the place I am in, which is fine. Um, in and of itself, because I know that no place on this earth is my home. And, you know, so I definitely um, can see the parallels there. I think another challenge is, I'll be honest, every orientation where we have new members and orient have orientation, I'm like, one of you is going to break my heart this year. I don't know who it is <laughs> because people are messy. We all have our stuff that we deal with. And some people don't handle transition very well, like transitioning to a new culture. And some people are teaching for the first time. Some people are having their first job. And a lot of what I do sometimes, I feel like I teach people how to have a job. And uh, <laughs> it's, you know, and I know that someone is going to have a really hard time and it's going to affect me. And sometimes it affects me uh, really and, you know, my, my heart hurts for them because I know that it's just some things that they need to work on, not because they're bad people, because we all have our things, you know, we all have our things. And being in a new context uh, makes some of those things come out even more and uh, makes it really difficult. So I'm uh, just trying to figure out how to deal with people in that, in the mess, you know, and still be loving and kind even when people frustrate you. I think that's a big challenge. If you could instill one quality into every teacher that comes in to teach beyond to serve in another country, what would it be? An attitude of learning. Mm. And like, a, you don't know it all. Being humble. That's our first value. Like it's just being humble. Yeah. I, I think working and living cross-culturally uh, comes with a lot of challenges and it's, it's hard to see your own your blind spots. It's hard to see when you when you are um, sometimes causing some faux pas or you know not realizing that you're a bull in a china shop when you should be you know very gentle. Yeah, and I think you know just that cross cultural communication aspect can be so difficult. And I think even being in like an American type school, it's still going to be a different culture because of all the different international flavors that are going into it. So I just, I think that humble, that learning attitude is really, really important. I baited you completely on that because that is, humility is one of the main themes that I believe has run through all of the episodes of this podcast is acting with humility. And um, isn't that something that Jesus taught us? so yeah. incredibly well that if we just learned that lesson of acting humility, no matter what the situation, where we are, who we're serving, who we're communicating with, any situation, no matter if it's a cross-cultural situation or in my own culture, in my own Jerusalem, um, it, yeah. it humility is an incredibly important quality. Jessica, what's the most exciting thing that you see going on right now in the in the schools that you're connected to? Um, with the the partners that you have there, the teachers, the administrators? I think some of the, well, number one, just going into the schools and seeing the kids is just lovely. I love it. I love seeing their little projects. I love seeing whatever, you know, sometimes I get to visit their chapels and like all that is, is very cool. But um, actually recently I went to the the school here in Prague, the Christian school here in Prague. I'm, I'm on the board of that school as well, but we have a lot of Teach Me On members. And I went to their chapel and there were so many kids from India there. I had no idea we had such a huge population from India and it's it's new in the last few years. So I just think, number one, just seeing all these different nations come together. I think that is exciting. I love hearing stories from our teachers and other staff members of just the light bulb going off in kids. When I was a teacher, that was my favorite thing is to see the light bulb going off. And when I hear their little stories of 
you know, kids kind of getting it and how um, Bible class or chapel is really affecting their lives, but not only, not only their lives, but they're bringing it home with them and they might be from unbelieving homes. I think that's exciting. And the fact that we are caring more for just can this kid perform well in school, but um, how is their heart and how are things going for them? I think that's exciting just to see how other schools that we partner with have the same view of uh, just holistically being there for those children. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, we love you, Jessica, and we're so thankful that you have joined us today on the Broken Banquet podcast, and we appreciate your time, we appreciate who you are, and we appreciate all of the love that you give, especially to all of the teachers you walk alongside in everyday life. So thank you for following that call that God has put in your heart and following it so really well. Um, And we're thankful to be in partnership with you too, and I'm thankful to call you a friend. Thanks, guys. This has been fun. It was great to have you, Jessica. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. You're welcome. Bye, Ashley. Bye, Will. Bye, Jessica. Bye, Will. Bye, Ashley. Bye, Jessica. You want to say happy birthday to me one more time? (laughs) Hey, happy birthday, Will. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, Will, what a great afternoon we were able to spend with Jessica Weaver. I appreciate her vulnerability. I appreciate her honesty. And I appreciate our ability to be a companion to Jessica. My church loves Jessica so much. And we hear that in her voice. We hear that in her stories. And I'm so thankful that we get to be a companion with her and walk this road of life together with her. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can relate. You know, we're in a ministry where we're surrounded by people, but it can still be really lonely sometimes. And so I'm thankful that you all are that for us and that you're that for Jessica and that you're that for Stefania and for the Hutchison's and for the Boone's and for all of these different ministries and, and families that you all have committed yourselves to being faithful friends to. So God bless you for that. It's an honor. It goes back to that word, abide. I do Mm. really feel that the calling of the church as a whole is to abide with God and to abide with each other. And if we can just get those couple of things right, well, maybe, maybe that banquet table will be whole again. Amen. Great to see you, Ashley. You too, Will. Listeners, thanks for joining us again on the Broken Banquet Podcast. Bye, Ashley. Bye, Will. You've been listening to The Broken Banquet, a podcast by Will Bailey and Ashley Goad. Music provided by Irene and the Sleepers. Join us next week for another episode. He's prepared the table. All things are ready. Come to the feast.